Welcome to the Learn, Reflect, Repeat podcast. I'm your host, Judy Zacchio. Thanks for joining me on a year-long journey through middle school. Each episode, I will pause to reflect on my teaching. Keep the good and ditch the bad. Are you ready? Let's go. So where does the time go? Seriously, when I started this podcast, I intended for it to be a weekly episode. I had my schedule down pat. I was going to sit in my patio every Sunday evening, have a glass of wine, and just chat. However, as you know, life gets in the way. People get sick, uh, commitments come up, uh, people need to travel, etc., etc., and it just doesn't happen. So, after careful thought and reflection, I've decided that this podcast just needs to happen when it happens, and I need to be okay with that. I just have to let it go. So here is episode three, finally coming to you after many, many weeks. Enjoy. So one of the reasons I'm pretty sure that I wasn't able to get my episode recorded on a weekly basis is middle school grades. Those of you that are middle school teachers out there, you're nodding your heads and understanding. You go, mm-hmm, it's a lot of work. From that step up, elementary school, where you're giving a lot of formative feedback, yes, you're doing assessments, but you don't actually have to sit down and write that report card maybe only one or two times a year, or actually three times a year in my district. But in middle school, it is a daily, weekly thing. And if you don't publish grades, you have something to answer for. So grades are an interesting concept. And it's something I'm still battling with and trying to figure out myself what what's meaningful. Um, I still believe parents are really not connecting learning to grades. And I'm not really sure students are either. And I don't exactly know what to do about it. But it's something I'm thinking on and I'm working on, trying to help them understand how um, grades can fluctuate and what to do about it when grades do fluctuate. And actually, that's a positive thing that has come out of all of these grades that I've been entering in my students' grade books is that they're understanding and learning how to redo something and regrade and request to regrade and be respectful about it. And I believe this is a life skill that will take them far. Now, something that has really, truly been a lifesaver this year, and I am so glad I discovered it or rediscovered it, is the app called Seesaw. This is a platform, basically it's an e-portfolio where students can upload work and they can comment on it. You can invite parents to connect to student journals, and it's just a great way for students to house their work. Now, the reason, one of the reasons it's working so wonderfully for me, um, especially in terms of grades, is the amount of paperwork. I am literally taking nothing home. Everything my students do, even if it's in a journal, if we're doing read aloud and they're taking notes, I have them snap a pic, of what they've written and upload it to Seesaw. And then at my leisure, you know, because I have all that leisure time, I can sit down at home and click through this really organized grid of student work and see what they've done and even give feedback right there. I can add comments. It has been such a lifesaver and a time saver in terms of 
looking at student work and grading student work. And I'm really excited with the amount of parents that have connected with Seesaw. My goal is to have 100% of my parents on board. Right now I'm really close with my fifth graders and not as close with my sixth graders, maybe two thirds, but I'm gonna keep pushing it because I really truly do see such a wonderful benefit of students being able to have this like insight into what's going on with student work day in, day out, and what their classroom looks like and what their day-to-day experience is. So loving Seesaw. If you haven't yet tried it, give it a try. My next topic is Khan Academy. Pretty sure everybody's heard of Khan Academy. It's been around for a while, and it's gone through a lot of changes and upgrades. And I used it many years ago, and to be honest, I didn't like it on first impressions. I felt it was super dry, very how-to, not a lot of uh, background explanation on concepts. Um, But I had a few colleagues who were definitely into it and have been using it lately. So I thought, all right, give it another try. And I'm really glad I did because they have definitely upgraded the experience for students. It is a lot more user-friendly. Um, the way that teachers can assign work and things are standards-based and students can work through at their own pace. I'm calling it uh, self-paced learning right now for my students and they're really digging it. It's allowing me the chance to sit down with one, two small groups of students who are struggling with something and work through some problems with them. I don't have to come up with the problems. They're all great um, thing, uh, you know, uh, questions that students uh, need to figure out and show their understanding and they're not multiple choice students actually have to attend to precision and get a correct answer the only thing they don't have to do unfortunately is explain or justify their thinking um, in the type of a you know assessments and practices that I've come across but my students really enjoy it and I am so glad I've reconnected with it if you haven't yet then Another thing to give a try to or a second look at would be Khan Academy. I've definitely changed my mind on it. However, I still give Sal Khan a hard time about some of uh, his explanations and the way he says things, particularly the way he likes to use academic language or lack thereof to read and write numbers correctly. But uh, that's probably my only gripe right now. So give it a try, Khan Academy. So those of you who know me on a personal basis know that I try to stay positive and I definitely try to see the good in things. And um, oh, I'm pretty big on making connections with students and making sure they have a really good experience in my classroom. And I like to offer rewards, incentives, uh, class prizes that usually are nothing to do with uh, candy or food or um actual physical items but experiences and one of those experiences that this year for some reason has become super popular is lunch with the teacher I have literally had an entire month the last month of school of lunch with a different group of students every single day and I'm not providing them lunch they're coming into my room they're eating their lunch, they're hanging out with each other, and they usually stay and play games, they chat, I might put on a movie, they'll jump on Chromebooks and play, um, you know, games with each other, but 
it has been such a fun experience and making those connections with students um, is just something you can't put a price on and I've definitely been enjoying it. However, there was a point where I just thought, oh my gosh, I miss my colleagues. I have not seen them for literally weeks except for out on yard duty. So I decided to book Wednesdays as my day that nobody could make a lunch with a teacher and I was going to go sit with my colleagues. So um, as of now, I'm still booked out. The next week's booked up already, but Wednesdays are my day. So I'm hoping to achieve a balance where I get to hang with my my coworkers and I get to still keep making connections with my students and enjoy them outside of the classroom at lunch when they're just being themselves. So if you haven't tried having lunch with your students lately or offering that as an incentive, give it a try. You might really enjoy it. So the last few weeks, I have been feeling pretty run down. I don't know whether it's that October slump, uh, waiting for the Thanksgiving break, um, or whether it was just that I felt like I was doing the song and dance. I'm up there in front of the class, directing the show, making the effort, picking things up, putting things away, just working so hard. And my students are just sitting back, relaxing, and honestly, really not that engaged. So I thought something needs to change. And I turned to my amazing Twitter PLN and just searched for some really good ideas. And thank you, Paul Solars. I'm so glad that I met you and um, asked about your student-led classroom because that has been a lifesaver. These last few weeks, it's It's had me super engaged, super energized to just try something new and to put my trust and faith back in the students and give them the leading role in my class. It has been amazing. When I proposed the idea to my students of, hey, you guys, what about you lead this part of the day? What about you do this instead of me? Why am I the one up here talking about this when you could be doing it? And they were all for it. We came up with a list of about 15 different things that students could be doing. Everything from leading the uh, agenda check, somebody standing up in front of the classroom, reading through our daily agenda and asking students if they had any questions or clarification to a person going around handing out Patriot Bucks, that's our little uh, reward ticket for students who are willing to share out their daily tweets to somebody who goes around and stamps student work. Um, And then I have this amazing group of students at the end of each class period or block of periods because I have sixth graders for two periods and fifth graders for three. And at the end of that block, uh, the last 10 minutes of the day, I have this wonderful group of four students who I'm training to help the class stop what they're doing, reset my room, reflect on our agenda, look at what we have accomplished, what we still need to do, and then talk about reminders. What still needs to be done? How do you turn things in? Is there any homework? And it has been amazing. It's only been a week so far of students taking on these jobs and responsibilities, but I feel like a load has been lifted. And I also feel such a student buy-in. I feel like there's a different vibe in my classroom and 
I definitely cannot thank Paul Solars enough for helping me reimagine how things could be. And I bought his book, <laughs> uh, Lead Like a uh, Lead, like, not Lead Like a Pirate. Um, Learn Like a Pirate. Sorry, there's a whole series. Uh, I've read Teach Like a Pirate by Dave Burgess. That's amazing. But Paul Solars is. Uh, learn like a pirate and I read that book in about three hours I just digested it it was it spoke to me it was everything that I really thought about and truly believe in in the classroom and if you need a little energizing if you want something to just reignite your passion if you feel like you are running around doing the song and dance read his book truly give it a try work on implementing a student-led classroom. I'm I'm not there yet. This has only been a weekend and there's so much more I can do, but I already feel like there's I've had so much success and I'm feeling like my students have bought in and I'm really excited with where it can go. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up this episode with a highlight from last week. Last Monday night was the Teacher of the Year ceremony for my county. And I was one of the nominated uh, STEM Teacher of the Year recipients, I guess. And there were five of us. And it was just a wonderful thing. It was a lovely ceremony. They uh, showed video clips of all of the teachers who received awards. And there was something lovely read out about each of us. We were given packets um, of prizes, I guess. Uh, the STEM teachers of the year, myself included, were given a check for $1,000. And it was pretty special. And I felt really, really honored to receive such an award. And it was amazing to have so many people there supporting me. And I am just very, very grateful and hoping to live up to that title and continue working really hard in my classroom and continue with these episodes. And my next goal is definitely starting that blog. So have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'll see you soon.